Really, really glad you're here. If you're joining us online, delighted that you're joining us. We've got a pretty amazing God. He's beneficent, which means he's constantly pouring out good stuff on us. And this family is also generous and beneficent. Getting to the end of the year, and even though it's been a tough year, we're going to make our budget just fine. In fact, it's given us the ability to do what we try to do if things are going decently well. And next year, the offering we take up, all of it will go to help with the tornado relief down in uh, western Kentucky. And it's going to give us an opportunity to, to try to help make a difference. We're responding to it in a variety of ways as a church family, and that's uh, one of the ways that we're going to respond. And so we'll try to find the best way to spend that money down there and, and uh, hope we'll make a difference as a church family. Let's pray together. Father, for your grace, we give you thanks. For blessings on us that are constant, we give you thanks. For the gift that allowed us to be here, we give you thanks. And now we pray that the words of our mouth and the thoughts of our hearts will please you. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Okay, guys. I think uh, it's one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible. Right after Jesus was born, these angels show up and they say something like that, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Actually, they said glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace, goodwill to men, but we usually omit the glory to God in the highest part. I mean, every Christmas, how many Christmas songs do we sing? How many Christmas cards have you have you seen that basically feature those words, usually tweaking them just a wee bit? Peace on earth, goodwill toward all. Peace on earth, goodwill to all men. Peace on earth, goodwill to you. And a lot of people see that. If they're thoughtful, they say, well, I kind of wish. A utopian fantasy, right? Like so many other fantasies of the Bible which crash and burn when they hit into the real world. Don't you wish it were true just for a season? Don't you wish it were true just for a day the way that we want it to be? I mean, it's one of those verses that I think has caused a lot of cynicism towards God, towards the Bible, towards us. In fact, I think it's caused some Jesus followers to feel a certain disappointment with God. I mean, come on, God, you promised peace, right? Now, every once in a while, someone puts the disappointment into words. How many of you guys know the old Christmas carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day? Ever heard that one? I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. It starts like this. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I don't know if you're aware that it was written by a poet by the name of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. How many of you guys have heard of him? One of the most famous American poets, Paul Revere's Ride, Song of Hiawatha, Courtship of Miles Standish. He wrote the words of this song, this Christmas song, on Christmas Day, 1863. Got in your mind what's going on in 1863 in America? Now, he was still mourning the death of his second wife, who was burned in a fire. And his son, who had enlisted in the Union Army, had just been severely wounded He's right smack in the middle of the Civil War. Peace on earth. Goodwill to men. 
Yeah, right. And he hears the bells of this church on that Christmas day. So here's what he wrote in the second verse. In despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. No kidding. Because hate is strong, and hate mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But Longfellow believed in God, and so he's like, well, maybe someday. Maybe someday we'll see it, right? Maybe someday God's going to keep his promise. So he closes his poem with these words. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God's not dead, and he doesn't sleep, though it feels that way sometimes. I believe the wrong will fail someday. The right will prevail someday. Not that way yet. And finally, we'll see peace on earth and goodwill to men. And I think he felt that way because he missed the point. We missed the point. See, the angel's words were not as utopian and fantastical as we think. It's a weird, weird scene. I mean, Mary is a teenage peasant. She gives birth to this baby boy, names him Jesus, lays him in a feeding trough, right? Nearby, some shepherds are doing some shepherding. You need to understand, shepherds are about at the bottom of their social ladder, right? They're not the kind of guys you want to see hanging around your girl. They're not the kind of guys you'd invite to the hospital to see your baby. Middle of the night, apparently, these shepherds have one of those genuine Wet your pants moments on steroids. Because out of nowhere, this angel shows up. Now, most people picture angels something like this, right? I mean, if she shows up out of nowhere, you might be startled for a moment, but it's not going to be a wet your pants moment on steroids. If one of these little guys show up, you're probably just going to chuckle, right? But Luke's talking about a real angel without disguise, Try to think of some ethereal, supernatural warrior who could crush you like a bug without trying. Messenger from God, and when this messenger from God is going to speak, you're going to listen. Guaranteed. So they're terrified, it says. No kidding. The angel says, calm down, guys. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to give you the craziest, wildest, weirdest, best news ever. And not just for you guys, it's going to be the craziest, wildest, weirdest, best news ever for every man, every woman, every child, everywhere, in every time. I suppose for an announcement this big, it's fitting to send a messenger that big. Anyway, what he says is, your Savior, your Messiah, your Lord is lying right over there in a feeding trough. Your Savior. Some of you guys didn't even know you needed saving. Your Messiah. The one I hope you've been waiting for. Your Lord. Your Master. Some of you guys didn't even realize you had one, right? In fact, once you discover who this guy really is, it's going to blow your mind. He's right over there. Angel says, and you're going to recognize him by this strange, strange sign. You're going to find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, and he's going to be laying in a feeding trough. Really? And then to make the scarcely believable, just a little bit more believable, Luke says, suddenly out of nowhere, this one angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Talk about a wet-your-pants moment on steroids. 
A whole army of these ethereal supernatural warriors, any one of whom could have crushed any human army from any time without breaking a sweat. And they're praising God and they're saying, here it is, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Is that what they said? Did the old King James Bible get it right? Maybe the old King James Bible got it right and we just get it wrong. I don't know. Because the way we usually read it is simply not what happened, right? In fact, I don't expect it ever to happen until Jesus comes back. The kind of peace on earth, goodwill to men that we dream about. I mean, is peace on earth even possible as ornery and cantankerous and self-centered and hateful and mean as we're prone to be? Unless that's broken? Or maybe what do you mean by peace? Are we talking about some of that can't we all get along nonsense? Maybe someday we're all going to stand around a fire holding hands singing kumbaya, right? Or maybe the real question, maybe the real question is this one, peace with whom? Peace with whom? Now I heard this joke last week and I got to tell you, I find a lot of things funny, a lot of people, others don't, Others don't find funny, but I thought it was funny, so I'm going to tell it anyway. These aliens visit Earth. They come in peace. They speak English, of course. and So all the heads of state and religious leaders want to speak to the aliens. So when it's the Pope's turn, he says, Do you know about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Alien says, You mean J.C.? Sure we know him. He's the greatest, isn't he? In fact, he swings by every year to make sure we're doing okay. Pope is surprised. Visit you guys every year? It's been over 2,000 years, and we're still waiting for his second coming. Alien is, sees that the Pope is confused, a little bit irate, and he says, well, maybe J.C. likes our chocolates better than yours. Pope says, chocolates? What are you talking about? What does that have to do with anything? Alien says, yeah, when he first visited our planet, we gave him this huge box of chocolates. What did you guys do? Peace on earth. Goodwill to men. He comes into our world. His ethereal, supernatural warrior messengers pronounce that he's here to bring peace of some sort and goodwill of some sort. How did it work out for Jesus? Murdered on a cross. How'd that work out for us? Those of us who were given this message of great joy for all people everywhere for all time. In despair, I bowed my head. There's no peace on earth, I said. No kidding. For hate is strong, and hate mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. So if you're masochistic enough to read the news, there's a whole lot of unpeace out there, isn't there? Every page. We're masters of unpeace. We're masters of ill will. Read about crime, even during this season, skyrocketing in some places, incredible polarization. We fight over what racial equity looks like, gun control, abortion, climate change, vaccines, masks, what fair elections should look like. We seem to have irreconcilable differences, a long ways from peace and goodwill. In fact, there are people out there who are actually trying to stoke the idea of secession. There are others out there who are actually writing about the possibility of civil war. And that's local news, that's U.S. 
world news and unpeace and ill will. Afghanistan, China, North Korea, Iran, Ukraine. Civil instability, civil wars in places like Syria, Lebanon, Yemen, Sudan, Egypt, Iraq, Venezuela, Israel. Islamist militancy, criminal violence, cartels, places like Mexico, Colombia, Boko Haram, Nigeria, Chad, Cameroon. In despair, he said, I bowed my head. There's no peace on earth, I said. Because hate is strong and mocks the song. No peace on earth, goodwill to men. Unless we miss the point. Unless we miss the point. Because maybe that's not the kind of peace that the angels were talking about. What do you mean by peace? Or better yet, peace with whom? Peace with whom? Now maybe you ought to try picturing the scene a little differently. This ethereal supernatural warrior who could squash you like a bug shows up out of nowhere. And he says, your Savior, your Savior, the one who can save you, he's right over there. And then this army of ethereal supernatural warriors show up out of nowhere. And they say, glory to God in the highest heaven. You know why? Because he is offering you peace with him. God is offering you his goodwill. Are you going to take it? You're going to keep fighting them. Take your pick. Make your choice. Now, I suspect most of you know that Luke didn't write the Gospel of Luke in King James English, right? Luke wrote Luke in the kind of Greek that was spoken in the Roman Empire about 2,000 years ago. So every English Bible that you have ever read is a translation from that Greek. And I'm telling you, King James translation will mess you up. The Greek reads literally, glory in the highest to God and on earth peace, not to, but among men, favored by God. So the NIV that a lot of you guys use translates like this, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace with God to those on whom his favor rests. That's different, isn't it? NLT that I use a lot. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Which means because of Jesus, you don't have to be at war with God anymore. If you have Jesus, you are not at war with God anymore. Message puts it like this. The angels say, glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and all women on earth who please Him. Hmm. You see, the real question, guys, is peace with whom? Peace with whom? We don't get it. We don't understand that without Jesus, without Jesus, guys, we are actually at war with God, our God, every single one of us. And guys, I don't care what other battles you fight. I don't care what other enemies you make. The peace that you want most, the peace that you need most is peace with your Creator, peace with your God. Do you buy that? It's the foundation of every other good peace. You see, sometimes the most dangerous spot to be in is to be in a dangerous spot and not know it, right? Ignorance. I've had a little spot on my ear the last few months. I, I get a lot of these little precancerous spots. Spent my childhood without a shirt on in California, right? 
My dermatologist is mean as a snake. She takes this can of liquid nitrogen and hurts me and laughs. And I've had some basal cell skin cancers. They're not dangerous if you catch them early, and she's good at catching them early. It's kind of a nuisance. I had one squamous cell skin cancer, which can be a little more dangerous if you're not careful. Well, I thought my ear was nothing. I thought it was just one of the little precancerous spots that I get all the time. I was blowing it off. My doctor didn't share my opinion. And she wasn't thinking it was just one of those pesky basal cells. She suspects it's a squamous, okay, which means it's more dangerous than I thought. I was blowing it off completely. I was clueless. You see, sometimes the most dangerous spot to be in is to be in a dangerous spot and not know it. Or sometimes we admit that we've got a problem, we just refuse to admit how big it is, right? Not that big a deal. Have you ever heard someone tell you a lie like this? I have. I know I drink a lot, but I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah, right. I watch some porn, but I'm not addicted. Sure you're not. I know I sin a little, but everyone does, and I usually avoid the big sins. I mean, there are people out there way worse than I am, right? I do more good than bad. You see, sometimes, guys, the most dangerous spot to be in is to be in a dangerous spot and to minimize it. And these angels come along, and what they tell these shepherds is not a hallmark verse. Think about it. Think about what they're implying. This is huge, guys. It's right there. The angel says, your Savior is right over there. And not just your Savior. He said this is good news for everybody, everywhere, all the time. He's saying your Savior, the Savior of every man, every woman, every child is right over there. You know what that means? It means that according to the angels, you need saving. And I need saving. According to God's messenger, you need saving and I need saving. Whether we understand that or not which means we're in a dangerous place without God. Place we can't get out of on our own. Every one of us needs saving, says the angel. And then he says, your Lord, your Lord, your master, he's right over there. Hmm. Not just your Lord. This is good news for everybody, he says, which means that the rightful Lord of every man, every woman, every child, every person in this room, every person you know, he's right over there. If you think about what that means, it means something like this. I guess I'm not the boss of me. And I guess you're not the boss of you. And I guess nobody in this world or nothing in this world is the boss of me or you. It means that our Lord, our Master, was over there lying in a manger. And if you don't get that, it puts you in a really dangerous spot, right? And then they say, guys... You need to be giving some glory to God, some glory to God in the highest. You know why? Because God Almighty is offering peace to you. He's offering peace to every man, every woman, every child who will accept His Son as their Lord and their Savior. Buy that? You see, if you dig through our New Testament, you're going to keep running into two really big ideas. These are huge for every single one of us. First big idea is this. Without God, without God, you're in a dangerous spot with God. Whether you admit it or not, whether you understand it or not, without Jesus, there is a wall. Without Jesus, there's a wall between you and God that you can't tear down. 
Number two, Jesus came into the world to tear down that wall for us. He came into the world as our rightful Lord to be our Savior because we need a Savior. Let me show you those two ideas. A lot of places you could go to unpack them, but it's probably simplest in a letter written by the Apostle Paul we call Romans. Show you a couple of verses where he unpacks both of these ideas. The first, that we're in a dangerous spot without God, without Jesus. Romans 3. This is going to sound harsh to you. But just try to figure out whether you're the exception. He says, there is no one who's righteous, really. Not even one. I'm not the exception. You're not, probably. There's no one who really understands. There's no one who without Jesus actually seeks the real God. And I know that sounds harsh, but it is true for me, and I suspect it's true for you. Then Romans 3.23, a few verses later, he says, every single one of us has sinned, every single one of us. Every single one of us falls short of God's glorious standards, not only for himself, but for us. No kidding. What we don't get is where that puts us with God. Romans 6, Apostle Paul says, the wages of sin, the consequences of sin, what we earn with our sin is death. But we've got a Savior. Free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Which is why the angel says, I'm here to tell you guys the craziest, wildest, weirdest, best news ever. And it's not just good news for you shepherds. It's going to be the best news ever for every man, every woman, everywhere, for all of time. Your Savior, your Messiah, your Lord is lying over there in a feeding trough. Your Savior. Some of you guys don't even recognize you need saving. Your Messiah, the one you should have been waiting for. Your Lord, your Master. In fact, once you discover who He really is, it'll blow your mind. He's right over there. And the reason He's there is that He came to tear down that wall between you and God, to make peace with God. Apostle Paul calls that reconciliation. Reconciliation. It's about restoring peace to two people who were at war about making a friend from an enemy, which is what God did in Christ. Apostle Paul says, if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved through his life? Or about as simply as it can be put, Apostle Paul says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. If you're a Jesus follower, you are at peace with God. You may not feel it, but you have peace with God. You are at peace with God because of what our Lord and Savior has done for us. That is the most important thing, isn't it? See, guys, that's what Christmas is about, not peace on earth between men, goodwill between men, although if they bend their knees to Jesus, it could happen. We'll talk about that next week. It's about our rightful Lord becoming our Savior if we'll let Him. If we'll let Him. Which means that God is not going to force us. Guys, that's why there's never going to be peace on earth between all men and there's never going to be goodwill between all men as long as so many refuse to acknowledge Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Or what's worse is that so many of us acknowledge our sin but we still believe or refuse to bend our knees to Jesus. He's our rightful Lord. He's our only Savior. Listen to what God did, guys. 
What he did to tear down that wall is literally mind-blowing. He sent his son to die for us. But he's not going to force Jesus on you. You're going to have to choose your peace. See, I think every one of us has one of three options. You may come up with a fourth. I really can't. I think there are three options. You're walking one of these paths right now. You can choose yourself as your God. You can choose yourself as your Lord and your Savior, right? Comes out in so many different ways. No peace unless I can dictate the terms. I don't care who I'm at war with, God or man. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to decide what's right for me. It's about what I like, what I think, what I want. And if you agree with me and you don't get in my way, we're good. We're at peace. That's option number one. You can choose self as God. A lot of peace people are living that way, I think. Number two, you can choose some person or some cause as your God. And I know that a whole lot of people choose peace with people over peace with God. You know, what my husband or my wife wants, what my parents want, what my kids want, what my friends want, what my coach wants, what my bosses want. It's more important to me sometimes than what my God wants for me. A guy named James who wrote one of the books of our New Testament, James wrote, Do you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Say it again. He says, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What he's saying is this, that choosing peace with God has to be more important to us than choosing peace with any man, any woman, any cause. You have to choose your peace. Too many people are choosing peace with men over peace with God. Which leaves option number three. You can choose Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You can choose peace with the real God. It's what he came to do for you. It's what he wants to do for you. But you have to let him. So the big question is, how badly do you want peace with God? How important is that to you? Do you want peace with God more than you want peace with your husband or wife? More than you want peace with your parents or kids? More than you want peace with your friends or anything else in this world? Flip the question around a little bit. Which path do you want your kids to choose? What path would you want your best friend to choose? Would you care if it cost your kids everything in this world if it meant peace with God? I hope that's most important to you because that's the peace that will last forever. Guys, if you've been around here a while, you realize that I hate most Christmas carols, right? I'm an original Grinch. In fact, she, Amber did such a beautiful job with Silent Night. Wasn't, didn't she do great? It's a terrible song. I hate that song. You ever been around a birth? It's not silent, right? It's not calm, and it's rarely holy. There's another Christmas carol here, and we sang it earlier this morning. It's pretty good, if you really listen to it. Hark, the herald angels sing. I hate that word, hark. It sounds so Bible-ish. Glory to the newborn king. That's okay. Peace on earth, mercy mild. I don't even know what that means. God and sinners reconciled. That's better. Now we're getting there. 
As you get deeper in, the words get pretty good. Think about what it says. Veiled in flesh, you can still see God. Hail the incarnate deity, God in a body. Pleased is man with men to dwell. Jesus, our God with us. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. That's what he is. Hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by as he stepped out of heaven to be born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, us. Born to give us second birth. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. No kidding. That's what we're here to do, right? We get an opportunity to just give more thanks, our gratitude. We're going to do that in a moment around this Lord's table. This is a celebration of the greatest gift ever to anybody. And God gave it for us. Sent His Son to tear down that wall. His broken body and with His shed blood, He paid for our sins so that we can have peace with God. How cool is that? This is a time to give Him thanks. This is a time again to choose Him as our Savior and our Lord. You willing to do that with us? You bow your heads with me, please. Father, for your grace, it just boggles our minds. For Jesus, we are so grateful. For the peace that you offer us, thank you. And I pray that we will offer ourselves back to you in return. We love you dearly. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. You're welcome.